videos. <laughs> All of them had videos, posters. One of them was standing like this. <laughs> My God. I mean, I remembered alone and I was cracking all over. You know, uh, don't let me see what Pastor Allah said. If not, her sins cannot be washed by bulls or by goats. Jesus will have to die again for her. If you hear what she said. Well, she blessed you. So, we really enjoyed ourselves since I've been here. I really enjoyed myself and I'm it's a wonderful time of fellowship. So let's open our Bibles to Genesis 12. Genesis 12, I read from verse 1 to 3. And then we are going to read Hebrews chapter 3. And then I will share the word. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land. That I will show thee. Verse 2. If you have a pen there, I wanted to mark the following. It said, I will make of thee a great nation. Write one there. And I will bless thee. Write two there. And make thy name great. Write three there. And thou shalt be a blessing. Write four there. And I will bless them that bless thee. Write five there. And cause him that cursed thee. Right six there. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Right seven. Hebrews chapter three. The book of Hebrews is a wonderful book. I want to encourage you to read it. Ask your neighbor how many chapters are in the book of Hebrews. Answer. Don't just smile. Uh-huh. So the book of Hebrews chapter number 3, I'm reading from um, verse 4. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. By the grace of God, this morning I'll be speaking on the subject, how to build a great life. How to build a great life. Uh, there is a way you can build an ordinary life. A basic life. A casual life. But building a great life requires a little bit of effort. A little bit of quality. A little bit more time. A little bit um, superior ingredients than what it takes It takes. To build a great life. How to build a great life. Let us pray. And so Heavenly Father we thank you. For your loving kindness and tender mercies. You have been a help in ages past. You are hope for years to come. But more than everything else. You are present help in the time of need. We need you today more than yesterday. Speak to us. Words of comfort and assurance. Words of strength and beauty. And let your name be glorified in our lives. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. There are many things in life we don't know how to do. And the sooner you acknowledge the fact that there are certain things you don't do, the more easily you'll be able to learn as to how to do them. God has committed himself to teaching us 
as to whatever he wants us to do. And in the word of God, you see so many things that God is ready to teach people how to do. For example, some of us don't know how to fight. Now, the assumption is that everybody knows how to fight. But you see, some of us don't know how to fight. The Bible says, though we are in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. The people of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Every battle is not the same and every war is not the same. And you need to learn how to fight in wisdom. I preached a message years ago, order to fight. And then I followed quickly with another message, wisdom for fighting. Because when people are ordered to fight, they must also fight in a very wise way. Job 9.4 says, He's wise in heart and mighty in strength, who has hardened himself against God and has prospered. We need a lot of teaching about many things. Job 33.33 says, Come, let me teach you wisdom. Psalm 34 verse 11 says, Come, let me teach you the fear of God. The apostles went to Jesus Christ in Luke 11.1. 1. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. We are going to be talking about that this evening by the grace of God. Say, teach us to pray. And the Bible said in Psalm 144, verse 1, Blessed be God who teach our hands to one and fingers to fight. Psalm 18, verse 34, said, He teach my hands to one, so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. So there are quite a number of things that you and I don't know how to do, which we need teaching about. The psalmist said in Psalm 25, verse 4, He said, teach me, He said, show me your ways. In Psalm 27, 11, he says, teach me thy ways, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my enemies. In Psalm 26, verse 11, he says, teach me thy ways, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. There are quite a number of things that we need to be taught how to do. We, many people don't know how to speak. They don't know how to speak in public. When they are in the presence of greatness, they don't know how to speak. They don't know how to make their request known to God. You know, that is why you and I have the Bible to teach us about many things. The sub, in the book of Job, chapter 6, verse 24, it says, teach me and I will hold my tongue and cause me to see wherein I have heard. Then in verse 25, he said, how possible are right words. So you see, we need to be, we need to be taught. God himself told uh, Moses that he was going to teach him. Exodus 4, 12, he said, I will teach you what you should say. Then Exodus 4, 15, he said, I will teach you what you will do. So there are quite a number of things that you and I need teaching about. And more than ever before, like I'm telling you all this morning, I've come to the realize that in building a great life, you need to be taught. You need to be taught how to build a great life. Let me say this as from first principles. Every one of us is building something. Every one of us is building something. I'm going to share with you seven things that various people are building. But every one of us is building something. I want to make about seven statements when it comes to building. What does it mean to build? To build means to construct. Everybody is constructing something. What does it mean to build? It means to erect. It means to establish. It means to, to unite materials together. You remember I'm talking about how to build a great life. Everyone is building something. Everyone is building something. Everyone is building something. What does it mean to build? It means to raise something from the very foundation. It means to form something. It means to fabricate something. You know, it means to establish something. It means to create something. Everyone 
is building something. But we differ in the following ways. Number one, we define what we are building. We define in terms of what we are building. Everybody's building something. With your time, with your resources, with your talent, with your position, everybody is building something. There is something you are building with your life. Everybody is doing something with their lives. But we define in terms, number one, of what we are building. Number two, we also define in terms of why we are building. Why are we building? Some people are building because others are building. Some people are building because what they built earlier crashed. Everybody's building something. We are different in terms of what we are building. But we are also different in terms of why we are building. Today I want us to look at why you are building. I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. But we define in terms of why we are building. We want to ask you, why are you building? Why are you building your marriage? Why are you building your life? Why are you building your career? There will be reasons for which everybody is building. Some building people are building for a name, reputation. Some people are building because they are competing with other people who are also building. Number three, everybody is building something, but we also define in terms of the rate at which we are building. Some people are building very fast. At the age of 23, they are built so far. They have a master's degree. They almost doing a PhD at the age of 23. Some people are building slowly, slow and steady. But some people are very fast builders. They begin a project and within one year it's almost like over. They start anything and before you know it, they, they meet a woman, before you know it, they are married, they have three children and so on. Some people are fast builders while some are slow builders. Everybody is building something, but we define in terms of the rate at which we are building. We also define in terms of where we are building. Some people are building on the earth. Some people are building in heaven. Some people are building at home. Some people are building abroad. Everybody is building something. But we define in terms of what we are building. Ladies and gentlemen, what are you building? What have you been building? What are you, do you think you are called to build? What are you doing with your life? So vital and so crucial. We differ in terms of where we are building. Number five, we also differ in terms of when we are building. Some people are building late in life. You know, that is you are building at night. There are certain buildings that can only be done at night. Those who build roads, most of them are done at night. But some people are building in the day. Some people are building when they are young. Some people are building when they are old. I've seen people who build when they are old. I've seen people who build when they are young. Some people are building in midlife. But everybody is building something. But we differ in terms of when we are building. Some people have procrastinated building to such a point that now it's almost late, but it's not too late. But that is still when they are building. That's when they go to college. At the age of 50. I remember there was a, a man in our class in those days when I was doing Bachelor's of Science in Sociology in 1975 in the University of Ibadan. There was a man in our class, 48 years old. I mean, to be 48 years old. In those days in Nigeria, I'm being a university first year. I mean, it was not, not, very, not very common. You don't see such things. Nowadays, you can see such things. But in those days, it wasn't common. 
And the day that man granted the notice of the way we granted, the entire village came. Now that man is building, he was building late, building at night. Because our lives can be calculated to morning, afternoon, and evening. And the man was building at night. So we differ in terms of when we are building, but everybody, you are building something. Whether you know it or not, whether you accept it or not, whether it looks like it or not, whether it appears like it or not, you are building something. You are creating something. You are forming something. You are making something. You are fabricating something. Everybody is building something. We also differ. That's why everybody is building something. In terms of who or what we are building for. Some people are building for the Lord. Some are building for others. Some are building for time. Some are building for eternity. Who are you building for? Some people are building for themselves. For their generation. Some people are building. They're just building. We define in terms of who or what we are building for. I want you to consider what you are building for. What you are building for. Are you building for time or eternity? Are you building in such a way that your footprints will be left on the sands of time? Or are you just building for the time that now is? In such a way that the time that is to come, it will never be reckoned that you built on anything on the earth. Everybody is building something. Everybody is building something. Let me say one more thing. But we also differ in terms of who we are building with. Some people are building with their husbands. Some people are building with their friends. Some people are building with God. Some people are not even building with anybody. They are doing it alone. They are the electrician of their building, the mason of their building, the carpenter of their building. They are the everything of their building. Jack of all trade, master of none. They are building without assistance. They are building without support. Everybody as it were is building something. But let me say this to you. One of the greatest things you can ever build is your life. That's one of the greatest things you can build. Building a house, a day will come when that house will, be up, will no longer be contemporary in terms of what a contemporary house should be. Building a family, a time will come when members of that family will scatter in so many directions. But what are you building? The greatest thing that I believe anyone can build is to build your life. Because your life is your greatest asset. That is the greatest gift God has given you. For you and I, being alive is the greatest thing we have. The devil said it in Job chapter 2 verse 4. He says, skin for skin, all that the man has, will he give for his life. Death is an enemy to those who are living. First Corinthians 15, 26 says, the last enemy that will be defeated is death. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody is building something. My challenge today to you is the importance of building a good life, a strong life, a life that leaves a legacy, a life that makes an impact, a life of greatness. The greatest use of our life is to invest it in something that will last. My challenge is that you need to build a great life, a life of significance, a life of meaning, a life of purpose. What are you building with your life. Are you building something significant with your life? What are you spending your energy on? What are you taking all the time you have on? 
What are you going to spend all your money on? Are you just building the physical or are you building the spiritual? Oh, we say your life. We're not just talking about the mud house in which you live. We're talking about the real you. God is a spirit. John chapter 4 verse 24. And he made us in his own image after his likeness. So we are also spirits. But what are you building with your life? Whenever I look at the Bible, I'm really encouraged by people like Abraham who built a great life. I'm encouraged by Noah who built a great life. I'm encouraged by David who built a great life. I'm encouraged by Joseph who built a great life. I'm encouraged by Daniel, Meshach, Abednego who built great lives. I'm encouraged by people like that who built great lives. And even when I became a Christian, my desire has always been to build a great life. A great life that will leave its footprint on the sands of time. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you seven kind of things that people are building. Seven different kind of things that people are building. Number one, some people's goal in life is to build their bodies. Their bodies. Bodybuilders. Bodybuilders. That's what they are. Now, who is a bodybuilder? A bodybuilder is someone who emphasizes, expended, expends his resources, his time and energy on building the body. I'm not talking about keeping fit. Keeping fit is good, but the amount of, the number of hours you spend keeping fit must not become a god. You don't must spend more hour on your body than you spend on God. People who go to gym, I love going to gym. I have a gym in my house. We have a gym in our church that we set up for the whole church. People who are in good standing come there and have exercise, all the best equipment you can think about are in the gym. But you see, when, when bodybuilding becomes a god, then you are a bodybuilder. All right, but another way of looking at being a bodybuilder is this. When you spend so many hours and finicky moments on your body, when you look at your finances, and after probably $2,000 that you earn, when you allocate those resources, you spend more on your body than on anything. You are a bodybuilder. There are women who are bodybuilders. The money they spend on the attachment, the nails, the paintings, and clothes, and shoes, and bags, and purses. All of those things make them bodybuilders. They spend on cosmetics. They spend time, resource, energy. They go to the salon and they're ready to be there for eight hours doing what they call a million braids. They go to good extents. Those are bodybuilders. In Nigeria, there is a state in Nigeria, or two states at least, Cross River and Aquaibom, where people really build bodies there. If you look at the kind of food they eat, when you are getting married, they take you into a room known as fattening room. And what they do is give you exotic, exquisite food, cuisines, that will make you fat, rotund. Your body will shine. There are so many people who spend so, so many cream. The cream you use for your face, you use for your skin, you use for your teeth, and for your back, and for your leg. Bodybuilders. Those are bodybuilders. Your emphasis is so much on that body. And that body is just clay. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your resources. It's, it's waste. It's waste. Genesis 2.7 says, God formed man out of the dust of the earth. And then he breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul. 
This body will go back to the grave that it belongs to. And your spirit will return to God, which is the real you. So what are you building? Some people are doing what? They are building their bodies. Are you a bodybuilder? You spend so much on perfumes. Money you cannot spend on Bible. You cannot spend on books. You cannot spend on tapes. You cannot spend on things that are important. Things that will last. You are just a bodybuilder. That's who you are. You know, if you see how bodybuilders go about their, their efforts, they spend four hours in the gym. Go to the gym five hours religiously. But tell them to come to church three times a week. Ah, that's too many. That's too many. But they are not afraid to go to the salon and spend eight hours on Saturday. Every other Saturday. Those are bodybuilders. So what are you building? The first thing people build is that many people are building, building their body. Beauty stuff. You know, spend a lot of beauty stuff. Number two, some people, their goal is to build a career. These people spend their lives getting promotion, climbing the ladder of corporate success, career in academics, career in other fields, career. They build their career. What is important to them is their career. They can sacrifice anything and anybody because of their career. There is nothing wrong in having a career, but how long can your career last for? Only on this side of eternity. Buildings that can only pay you on this side of eternity are not enduring buildings. You build your body. After some time, your muscles begin to suffer what they call atrophy. Begins to fall apart. I used to know Ray Macaulay. He pastors a church in South Africa known as Rema Bible Church. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, these are great bodybuilders. They competed in those days for Mr. World, Mr. Universe. Their muscles ripped. Now today, all those things are really nothing anymore. Because it's of no value. In those days, it meant something. But now it doesn't mean anything anymore. I was talking to one of my sons recently who plays golf. He plays golf at times for five hours. Four times a week. And he's somebody who does not go to church except on Sundays. So I looked at him and said, you're wasting your time. You're just a bodybuilder. You're a lousy bodybuilder. I mean, do you have to spend four hours on a the, on the golf course because you want to keep fit? What are you building? Career. When you're preparing for your career, you stay late through the night. 2 a.m., you are still not asleep. But to come for night VG is a problem. To come for night VG is a problem. I mean, it's like you are, you are, you are, straight, you are, you are swallowing an elephant that you are staying like a gnat. Standing at a gnat at the same time. What are you building? There are people who are career builders. All they do is career. Their career is supreme. Their career is the only thing they think about. They don't think about their God. They don't think about their heart. They don't think about their spiritual life or conditioning. What are you building with your life? Some people, I call them wealth builders. That's the 30 people build, wealth builders. Their goal is simply to make more money, to amass it, to acquire it, to stockpile it. Their goal is to gain more and more. Every year they evaluate their lives as to how they are doing financially. What matters most to them is money. Money. I need the money. Wealth builders. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things. There are many things money cannot do. Beware of covetousness. 
Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He said, man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. People have covetousness. Money can buy you a bed, it can buy you sleep. Money can buy you food, it can buy you appetite. Money is not as powerful as you think it is. Money is a good servant but a bad master. When you let money dictate everything and all things about you, you are all meant to be pitied. You are not living a life. You are only existing. What are you building? Wealth building? The greatest man that ever lived, Solomon, he said vanity is vanity. All is vanity. Let me say this to you. If you see people who are really rich, they will tell you that money is not what you think it is. Money, money is not what you think it is, but people are there building wealth. They get all they can. They can all they get. They sit on the can. Every time he's thinking about money, they can almost kill their, kill their friends about money. Destroy their health because of money. Destroy their family and marriages on the altar of money. There are people who are building their bodies. There are people who are building their career. And there are people who are building their wealth. We are not saying that it's wrong to do all these things. But when it becomes your emphasis, then it becomes wrong. When you become a slave to something that should be a slave to you, then it becomes an idol. First John 5.21 says, Little children, keep yourself from idols. What are you building with your life? How can I build a great life? How can I build a great life? This was a question I asked myself after I gave my life to Christ. I gave my life to Christ, and I said to myself, how can I build a great life? Well, you can build a great body, but you can't build a great life because you build a great body. You can build a great career. You know, somebody like Bill Gates has built a great career. Now, what he's thinking about now is building a great life. Somebody like Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook guy, has built a great career. He has built wealth. But he's not thinking of something else. He's thinking about building a great life. Because beyond all these things, there is building a great life. Some people, number four, what they are doing is that they are involved what are they, they are what we call home builders their focus is on their family you know they look at marriage as an achievement you know they look at marriage as, if they are not married any other thing they have means nothing they look at having children as an achievement if they do not have children they think that marriage cannot be enjoyed without having children we are not saying that if you don't have children god put fruitfulness in marriages God hates barrenness. Psalm 113 verse 9. He maketh the barren woman to keep a house to be a joyful mother of children. I have children, but my children are not my God. They know that, yes, I, had to, I have children because I'm all, I was also a child. And I'm only producing after my kind. But, you see, my family as it were is not the measurement of a great life that I have. There are people who are not going to have families, but they will have a great life. Let me say it in a quiet way. Not everybody will have a, a family. There are women who are never going to marry. There are men who are never going to get married. There are men or women who may have children but they may not have a family. Let me tell you the story of a woman, an 82-year-old woman who lives very close to my house. One day I saw this woman, 82 years old, distributing tracts. So I stopped and I said, Mom, can I talk to you? She said, oh, yes. I said, why are you distributing tracts at 82? 
She looked at me and smiled. She said, if I had asked myself this question, as a younger person, probably I would have done something else with my life. He said, I'm a typical British woman who loves the home. He said, I had three wonderful children and a very loving husband. And I lived my life for my family. I didn't even walk. I didn't walk outside the home. I took care of my children. I took care of my husband. And that was what I lived for. They were the things that I worshipped. They were the things that I lived for. He said, had I known, I would have lived for something bigger than that. I said, really? She said, yes. Yeah. The three children I live for, three of them are now married. He said, not even one of them remember to call me once a year. He said, I lost them. He said, my husband died and left me alone. He said, it was when my husband died and my three children that I spent my life raising left me without even talking to me once a year that I discovered that I had used my life for the wrong things. He said, so I went to the pastor of a church near my house. He said, you know that church? He told me. I said, yes. He said, I went there. And the pastor said, you can only do something with the remaining part of your life. And I asked him, what? He said, you cannot begin to invest in heaven. He said, so at the age of 80, I started evangelism on the street. He said, it's two years ago I have started this. He said, I didn't know when I was 23. I wouldn't have invested all my life on something that can be taken away from me. My children were taken away from me. My husband was taken away from me by death. But I know that my investment in heaven will never be taken away from me. The Bible tells us Mary have chosen that good part which cannot be taken away from her. What are you building? Are you building a home and family? I have a home, I have family, but those things in the final analysis, 40 years from now, where will that be? What are you doing? Are you a home builder? I'm not saying it's wrong to have children. I'm not saying it's wrong to marry. But marrying and having children should never take you from God. Your proper investment should be put in a place where it matters. How can I build a great life? How can I build a great life? How can I build a great life? If you invest in things that you have no control over, you will discover that at the end of the day, you have wasted your energy and time. This is a two-year-old woman. Every single day, she's not in a hurry. Going around the streets. When the evil day has already come. I was speaking to the young people here in this church on Saturday morning and I, remember, I reminded them of Roman, I mean, Ecclesiastes 12.1 which says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come. He said, when your soul will say, I have no desire in these things. What are you building? Some people are building homes. Homes. Everything about family, children, 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 children. I'm not against having children. I love children. Jesus loved children. Mark 10, 16. He took the children. He held them in his hands. We have a children's church of almost 500. We have a children's ministry. We have a school for children. We have crutch. We invest in children a lot. And at times I go to children's church just to talk to them, to pray over them, to bless them. And that's part of my life. But you see, Investment in such is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about building a great life. Number five, another thing that some people build, they build reputation. They build, their focus is on what they want people to say. 
what they want people to think about them. They are so conscious about the situation in which public character opinion have about them. That's what they focus on. They focus, they focus on reputation. When they dress, they dress for reputation. I want people to know. When they have parties, they, they have parties for reputation. I want people to know. When they get married, they get married for reputation. Heaven we hear, earth will shake. Let me know, let me tell you this. Earth can shake, but heaven does not hear. Let me say heaven does not hear because you don't marry heaven. So in heaven, all those things don't matter. You see, most of the time we major, minor, minor, major. The things you see that you let count for you, you are not focused on it. Hey, Nikki baby. Uh, look at you. Look at you. Look at you. These are the things people for vanity. These kind of useless things. What are you building? People are building reputation. You are concerned about what people think, not what God thinks. Suppose here, I don't want people to. I don't want people to. Whatever people will do, let them do. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4 3, he says, It's a tiny matter for me, whatever people's opinions are. Not bothered. What I'm bothered about is what God says. I'm, I'm judging the court of God is my greatest concern. How to build a great life? Do you want to build a great life? I want you to listen today. Abraham built a great life. Noah built a great life. David built a great life. I can tell you that as a young Christian, when I ask God the question about how to build a great life, what he shared with me is what I'm sharing with you. Build a reputation for people. I want people to know I'm a man of God. So you wear a, you wear a golden a golden teeth. You carry a phone that you cannot afford. You know, you, people do things just for people. You drive a car, you pay through your nose. All of those things, people are just trying to impress people. And you see, such impressions are useless. Because you go home and you know how you feel at home when you're with yourself. Some people are building what? Reputation. 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 That's what they build. There are churches that build reputation. All they care. The glory has already departed. But the reputation is that, ah, that's the church where it's happening. What's happening there? Where God is not, nothing is happening. It's only when God is in the place that something is happening. How ah, we are the happening church. What do you mean by that? Because you are very lustful. Is that what you mean by happening? Because you are loose. Is that what you mean by happening? Ah, we are the happening church. Eh? When the glory has already, Jesus Christ, the God of the church, he has gone. You didn't even know. <laughs> oh, dear. Some people, what are they building? Another thing, number six, that people build vanity. Some people specialize in vanities, emptiness. You look at their whole life is forcefully committed to trivialities. Trivialities. Things that don't matter. The things that are not major. The things that are not really essential to godliness. The things that are not of no value to godliness. The things that don't last. The things that are like trash. The things that are like, like toilet roll. Things that have no value. You see them commit themselves a lot to it. And at times, those are the most expensive things. I was looking at a young idiot recently in Nigeria. He bought three cars at the same time. I said, look at the fool. How many of you know that a car is not an investment? How many of you know that? It's not an investment. The idiot. He's successful. He's got a lot of money now. But he's spending on cars. I said, look at this idiot. 
when you when you buy a car for fifteen thousand dollars, immediately you drive it out. It's fourteen thousand eight hundred dollars. That's all. And every year it keeps depreciating. I said, so what? What is this that you are counting? Vanity, vanity. Somebody came to me and said he was going to do fresh flowers for for one event. I wanted I want to have my birthday. Fresh flowers. How much? Two hundred fifty thousand. A flower. Carry your flower away. For 50,000, we buy good flowers. That is not fresh. But if you decorate the place, and until you touch it, you don't know it's not fresh. Who cannot go to the Botanical Garden and cut fresh flowers from there? 250 for fresh flowers. You want to make cake, 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 cake for wedding. In 500, cake, ordinary cake, vanity. My daughter is married next year, and somebody submitted quotes. For decorating the hall, 2.5 million. I say, for how many days? <laughs> I remember I had a story about Thomas Sanjo. Some years ago, they wanted to make an effigy for him. So they went to him and said, We want to recommend that you make an effigy. See, how much will it be? They said, 50 million. He said, Ah, no. He said, Give me the 50 million. I'll go and stay there myself. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll go and stay there. You don't need to give me 50 million. I will go and stay there. Ah. Vanity, vanity. Vanity. Look at the way you are spending your resources and your time on vanity. Watching television. Waste of time. Watching television. Many things that we put, we major on are just things that after this life don't really matter. What are you doing with your life? How to build a great life. Quickly, I want to say one more thing here. And that is, some people are nest builders nest builders what is the meaning of this it means they create a beautiful place where they live they spend a lot of time on decoration a lot of time on food preparation they spend a lot of money on accessories in the house their house is like a nest of a bird when you see the amount of energy and time that a bird spends on building their nest you know what a dress builder is? I was in one man's house. Everything was glass. And the wife always had a napkin. She was always holding it. I put my hand like this on the table. When I removed it, she came and cleaned it. The chair was glass. Somehow, shine. everything was shining. And I was sitting only on the cushion. And by the time I put my hand, I just went to the toilet. Before I came back, she was like, ah, ah, please. I've never been in a house like that when they don't make you comfortable. How many of you know what I'm talking about? In your own house, you have to remove shoes. In my own house, the rug white, the chair white, everything white, the television white, everything white. And I asked, I said, How much did you spend to do this? Ah, I had to grow to say, You say, You see that flower? You see that golden? And I said, to her, Look at this man. Is it heaven you are living in? <laughs> Is this heaven? Nest builders, they want to create heaven here on earth. I'm not saying you should live in a ramshackle place. But that is not supposed to be your God. You shouldn't get to a point where people cannot feel easy in your house anymore. Because you've choked them in by your nest building capacity. Everything is finicky. Don't touch the door. Ah, don't remove that rug. Ah, don't remove that uh, 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 and, uh, cushion on the, uh, on the chair. Ah, then your leg is dirty in the ground. Ah, I know a house. You not only remove your shoe, you have to wash your legs. 
I told him, I said, what if I don't want to come in anymore? What if I change my mind? I don't want to come in anymore. Because I, I'm wearing such as to wash. No. He said, no, no, no. We are, we are very concerned about bacteria. He said, bacteria? Oh, so I'm a carrier of bacteria now. And let me go with my bacteria now. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. People build various things. Everybody is building something. But ladies and gentlemen, what I'm talking about today is how to build a life. A real life. A life that matters not only in this world, but the world that is to come. What kind of a life does God want us to have? Listen to me. God wants you and I to build a great life. And anybody wants to build a great life. Must not that instead of building a nest, building a home, building a career. I'm not saying all those things we will not build, but it's not our emphasis. What kind of a person does God want you to be? God wants you to be a kingdom builder. Nobody ever built the kingdom who never had a great life. Nobody is ever a builder of God's kingdom who eventually did not have a great life. Nobody. What people like Bill Gates are doing is a form of charity work. Trying to help malaria, trying to help polio and all of that thing. You see, it's a kind of thing that Jesus came for to help. To help the poor. Things like what Madame uh, Teresa of India did. You know, just helping. God wants us to be kingdom builders. Who is a kingdom builder? Someone who builds the kingdom of God is called a kingdom builder. Who is a kingdom builder? Is somebody living for the purpose God had in mind when he created them. Have you ever asked God, when you created me, what was on your mind? What was on your mind when you created me? When you brought me to this world, when you are putting me together, what was it on your mind? What will you have me be? Who will you have me be? Where will you have me be? What will you have me do? That is a kingdom builder. Somebody who builds something in God's mind. That thing is in God's mind and then you and I become builders of that thing. God wants you and I to build a great life. Noah built an ark. Abraham built a generation. Daniel built integrity in the kingdom where God put him. He built something. We are all building something. Who is a kingdom builder? A kingdom builder is somebody who is living according to God's plan for their lives. What is God's plan for my life? Jeremiah 29 11. said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Expanding your life for what the plan of God is for your life. Psalm 139 verse 17. How precious are your thoughts towards me? The sum of them is very great. Who is a kingdom builder? Is somebody who lives according to God's goal for that person. What is God's goal for me? Do you think God's goal for you is just to have children? Do you think God's goal for you is just to have money? And for money to have you? Do you think God's goal for you is just to have a nest? Do you think God's goal for you is to be in the good books of people? Who is a kingdom builder? It cannot be that somebody cooperating with God's plan and not insisting on their own plans. 
A kingdom builder is somebody cooperating with God's plan for the universe and for their lives. That is the key to a great life. The key to a great life is to be a kingdom builder. That is the key to a great life. Nobody has ever committed himself to building the kingdom who was not a significant person. I'm not talking about being a pastor. I'm not talking about being a deacon in the church. I'm talking about being committed, apart from whatever other things you do, to making sure that God's plan for the universe is carried out. God's plan for humanity is carried out. For you to be, to be able to build a great life, an important thing to you must be that you want to be a blessing. That is what it, you must desire. I'm going to be a blessing. I'm a doctor. I'm a nurse. I'm an engineer. I'm a lawyer. All of these things I am. But apart from that, I want to be a blessing. Not that I want to be blessed. You see, when you want to be blessed, you can't build a great life. When your emphasis and focus is on getting and not on giving, you can't build a great life like that. I was nobody. I was an ordinary person. But you see, from the time I got saved, I started asking God, what will you have me do? I was a lecturer and I was very effective as a lecturer. I was doing well. I was earning good money. But what will you have me do? And God started saying, I want you to be a blessing. To be a blessing does not mean I have to stop being a doctor. Does not mean I have to stop being a lawyer. Does not mean I have to stop being a housewife. Does not mean I have to stop to be uh, stop being a business analyst. Does not mean I have to stop being a pharmacist. But he's saying, in all I have, with all I have, I will be what? A blessing. That is who a kingdom builder is. Somebody who looks at the mind of God and says, that thing in God's mind, I'm going to cooperate with it. That plan that God had for me, before he formed me, I'm going to walk in it. That does not mean that you should stop your engineering business or stop being a pharmacist. All those things you continue doing, but when all is said and done... You live for that thing that is in the heart and the mind of God. That is the impetus to building a great life. I was a very accomplished lecturer. Highly intelligent academia of great repute. Wrote brilliant articles. Attended great forums of academic discussion. But more than all of that, my goal was not all those things. When all that is done and finished and dusted, I had desire. I want to cooperate with what is in God's mind. What God had in mind when He was putting it. God never had medicine in mind when He was putting it together. Because God does not need medicine. He heals. He doesn't need pharmacy. He knows how to medicate sick people. He doesn't need lawyer. He's an advocate. He doesn't. I mean, what I'm saying is that God does not need anything of those things that you and I do. He doesn't need a nurse. He can must anybody. So He doesn't need that one. He said it in Isaiah 43, 21. These people have I formed for myself. They will show forth my praise. You know what God wants you to be? He wants you to be a blessing. If your heart desire is to be a kingdom builder and to be a blessing indeed, you will not but have a great life. The people that you see who have a great life 
are people who have been a blessing to others. They've been a blessing. Mark Zuberberg, he may not be a child of God, but you know, Facebook is a blessing in some ways. Some people find husband and wife on Facebook. At least my son found one. No, it was not the right one, but he found something there. <laughs> and I know couples who have found all these things through Facebook. So what I'm saying is this. Someone who wants to build a great life must think about being a blessing. Being a blessing. Being a blessing. Now, God wants us blessed. But with our blessing, he wants us to be what? A blessing. God gives us things and blesses us, but he wants us to remember. Look at Genesis 12. Quickly go to Genesis 12. I will round up in a minute. Genesis 12 here. I want us to see this emphasis here. In Genesis 12, God was telling Abraham. Now look at the first three blessings. What did he say? I will make of thee a great nation. That is a blessing. What did he say again? I will bless thee. What did he say again? I will make your name great. What did he say number four? And thou shalt be. Now thou shalt be a blessing is the responsibility of anyone who is blessed. Don't ever ask for blessing if you are not going to be a blessing. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 13. God said I will make them a blessing. Ezekiel 34, 26, he said, I will make them a blessing. He said, and thou shalt be. Which means, I will bless you, I will bless you, I will bless you, I will make your name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So the responsibility of everybody who wants to be blessed is what? To be a blessing. What are you building with your life? Everybody's building something. But you know what? Let's build a kingdom. Let's build a kingdom. When I went to Somalia, people said, what are you looking for there? I said, I want to be a blessing. When I went to Sudan, people said, what are you looking for there? I want to be a blessing. When I went to Bahrain and Kuwait, people said, what are you going to do there? I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. That's why I went there. Are you not... Are you not afraid about things that I am more interested in being a blessing and that is what makes for a great life. That's what makes for a great life. Going out of your way, stretching yourself beyond your limit, beyond whatever you have or you don't have. That is what makes you a blessing and the consequence is that you have a great life. Thou shall be a blessing. Let me say two more things about that before I tie up this message. Another thing you need to know is this. When God told Abraham, thou shalt be a blessing, God was telling him something. He said, thou shalt be a blessing is one way of not getting sorrow from blessings. Let me tell you this. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22, what does it say? He said, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And I didn't know so. When I saw that scripture as a young Christian, I said, what does this mean? And God told me very simply, he said, I will show you three places in the Bible where people who are blessed had sorrow from the blessing because they did not become a blessing with the blessing with which I blessed them. In Mark chapter 10, there was a young man, they called him the young rich ruler. 
in verse 17 he saw jesus he ran towards jesus he kneeled on his knees he said good master what good thing can i do that i may have the everlasting life just said do this do this the man said i've done all of that then jesus looked at him and loved him and jesus said you lack one thing go and sell all what you have give to the poor come and follow me the bible said the man went away how the, he was blessed but sorrow came why he was not willing to use what god had given him for the purpose for which god gave it to him another person that was like that was called the rich fool in luke 12. the bible says the ground of a certain rich man brought forth abundantly the ground of a rich man brought forth abundantly when the ground brought forth the man said what will i do with all this abundance he was thinking about himself. What will I do? He said, I know what I will do. I will pull down my old store. I will build a big store. And I will put all I have into my store. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have a lot laid up in store. Eat, be merry. But God showed up and said, what? Say so you are a fool. That man was blessed, but he never thought of anybody else. He had no plan for his pastor. He had no plan for his wife. You can't see him talking about his wife there. He had no plan for his church. He had no plan for his relatives. The only person he had a plan for was what? He spoke 60 words. 60 words. I, me, my, appeared 12 times. He was concerned only about himself. What are you building with your life? If you don't want to have sorrow from whatever God has blessed you with, then do what you are supposed to do with what God has given you. Do what you are supposed to do. With what God has given you. Then let me say something to you. I want you to look at the scripture here. I told you to mark from 1 to 7. Is that not? Now watch. The first one it says. I will make of thee a great nation. The second one what did he say? I will bless thee. The third one he said what? Make thy name great. The fourth one he said what? Now look at the fourth one. Do you know that if you stop on number three and don't do number four, number five, six, and seven will never come? It is number four that provokes five, six, and seven. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make of you. Uh, I will make thy name great. I will bless you. I will make of you a great nation. He said, and thou, and, the word and is a conjunction. Thou shall be a blessing. Then he now says, and I will bless them. Look at me here, church. Do you know the problem with many Christians? When God begins to bless them, they don't know that they don't have everything yet. You see, God will never give you everything to start with. He will give you enough, then he will stand back and see what you are going to do with it. When you do what is right, then he comes with the other ones. When you do what is wrong, she can understand. He will give you the remaining five to six. Look at number seven there. He said, in you shall all families of the earth. Can you compare number one and number seven? Look at number one. Number one says, I will make of you a great nation. Number seven says, and in thee shall all the families of the earth. Which one is more superior? Many people never get number seven because they never do number four. They get number one, they get number two, they get number three, and then they never do number four. And so God's time says, oh, okay. When they are blessed, they buy a new car. When they are blessed, they buy a new house. When they are blessed, they buy a second house. They do all of that. But they never do with the money that God has. They, they build nests with the extra money. 
They build career with the extra money. They build a financial portfolio with the extra money. Instead of using it for the purpose for which God gave it. Money is from God. The silver and the gold belongs to him. Ladies and gentlemen, if you know how to use money, you will become rich. One thing about me that I like is that I know how to use money. I don't, not much money passed through my hand, but I'm expert in using money. I'm an expert in using money. I don't have much. You see, whatever I have today is a product of my harvest, not a product of what I was. It's a product of what I got because I used what God gave me right. To him that has and uses it well shall more be given to. But to him that has not, even that which he has, shall be taken away. I wish at times in churches that people will realize this. That whatever you have is a test. God is going to stand back and look at you and see what you are going to do with that little. And what you do with the little will determine what God is going to do next. The Bible says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Let me close. Everybody's building something. Before today, you are building something. Career. Building career. Nothing is wrong with that. You're building your nest. Home builders. Every, the only thing in your mind is marriage. Hi. That's the only prayer request. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have never prayed to be a better Christian. You're not afraid to be able to fast for seven days without drinking water. <laughs> Everything. Now, all of those things are really nothing in the final analysis. That 82-year-old man taught me a lesson. I sat down like this and I held the woman and I prayed and I was crying. She said, I spent all my life investing in something that has been taken away from me. So that's what I did. I want to advise you this morning. Because at the end of this message, I'm going to ask you to be a kingdom builder. I wanted to cooperate with God's plan for this church. God has a plan for this church. The chairman of the building committee came out and told us about building. Everybody's building something. Become a kingdom builder. Join those who are building the kingdom. Be a blessing. You may be here for two years, may be here for five years, may be here for ten years, but let it be said that while you are here and continually wherever you find yourself, you are what? A kingdom builder. Kingdom builder. Let me share five things with you when it comes to being a blessing. If you are going to be a blessing, either to God or to man. Number one, be a blessing extravagantly. If you are not going to be a blessing extravagantly, it is not worth it. Because that's the way God is to us. He is a blessing to us extravagantly. He does exceedingly abundantly above. Be a blessing extravagantly. When you want to give people things, be extravagant. When you want to give God things, be extravagant. There is he that scatter it and yet increase it. That is how kingdom builders do. 
I was here on Sunday. Was it? I was here during the week. And uh, as I was preaching, you know, preaching, and the Lord told us, said, we should all give to the building just during the week. The money I had in my pocket was almost $1,000. And I just put everything in an envelope. Now, that is extravagant giving. Just put everything there. There is a guy in our church. Every Sunday, he gives a millionaire. One millionaire every Sunday. Now, that is, that's a kingdom builder. When he came to the church, he was, by the time he came to the church, he was living in a non-completed building. It was when our people went to do evangelism, they saw him there in a non-completed building. And they brought him to church, they led him to Christ. He got baptized, got filled with the Holy Spirit. He went to university in our church. He finished from university of Ife. He started business. Today, he's, in fact, whenever I see him like this, even when he's not in town, he goes on the website and sends a millionaire to the church. Even when he's not in church. How many of you have ever done that? Not that he watched live streaming. He didn't even watch live streaming. He said, Daddy, I just remembered. I was having a meeting, but I cannot forget my duty. That is extravagant. Whenever I look at him like this, I just see he's an embodiment of extravagance. It's very simple in terms of what he spends on himself. If you see his car, you'll be shocked. That somebody who can afford to give a millionaire every Sunday drives this kind of a car. If you see his wife, maybe you're assuming. You won't see any sign of riches on him. You only see his riches in his works. Let your riches translate from what you dress and the perfume you use, bodybuilder. Let it translate. Let your extravagance be seen in the blessing you have to the church. I don't like people who are, look at it, it's 15 million. Nonsense. Show me the account, the money you pay to your church. That's what matters. You don't like you put the children on your neck. Charles, like, you know the price of this. I don't care. It won't matter after a while. After a while, all those things won't matter. Number two, when it comes to be a blessing, be a blessing in a timely way. This church needs the money now, not next year. A timely way. If you want to help somebody, help him well now. In a timely way. In a timely way. Don't say I will postpone. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 27. If you have something by you. And just body need it. What do you do? You give it to them. Don't say go and come back. Many of us don't help people in a timely way. That is why you see people mess up. Look let me say this to you. What is done in the best of time. Is the best thing to do. A time is not the size. But the time is the best thing. The timing is so important. The timing is so important. Number three, when you are going to be a blessing, don't just be a blessing that's really untimely. Be a blessing by faith. Don't think of how it's going to come back to you. Just give that to God. Give by faith. Release it by faith. Release it by faith. Give it out by faith. How will I get it back? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was telling people this. I said, when people gave their life to Christ, nobody said, is there a real heaven that I'm going to go to? You just believe that there is heaven. Is that also? When you gave your life to Christ, did you say, look, let's go and look whether there is heaven. Because this is giving our life to Christ. We are not sure whether there is heaven. Let's go and research. Did you do that? You didn't. You gave your life to Christ. That is by faith. Expecting that. 
God will honor it. That is how to be, build a life of greatness. How to build a great life. You have to do it by faith. You have to do it timely. Then number four, you have to do it sacrificially. Sacrificially. If you are going to be a blessing, be a blessing sacrificially. Let me tell you. The money I told you that was in my pocket, I had the amount for something I wanted to buy. It was already a month for something I wanted to buy. But when God told us that we should do something about the building, you know what I did? I forgot about myself. A time came when you forget about yourself because of God. Because a time came when God forgot about himself and thought about you. That was when he sent Jesus to the cross. He forgot about himself. He gave away his only begotten son. He became a man because of you and I. Extra big sacrificial. Hebrews 13, 16. To do good and to, to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Sacrifice for him today. He sacrificed for you earlier on. Sacrifice for him today. Because he's going to sacrifice for you tomorrow. I am never, never, never uncomfortable to sacrifice for God. Because I know when the chips are down, he will show up. How many of you know that's true? If that's so, then why not? Why not behave like it's so? How do you have been a great life? Build the kingdom. The kingdom is the greatest thing that anybody can build. The Twin Towers in New York that was built, what happened to it? Every house is built by somebody. But there is no house that can last forever. There's only one thing that can last the kingdom of God. That's good. That's the only thing that can last forever. If the kingdom of God is the only thing that can last forever, why not be building? Why not I building it? It's the only, it's the only thing that lasts forever. Every other thing will disappear. Where is the temple of Solomon? Where are the great buildings of Babylon? Where are the great big buildings we had about years ago? When I look at all these buildings that are all over the world now, a day will come when they will fall down like a pack of cards. And they will be no more. But in that day, the kingdom of God will still be there. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. And then finally, if you are going to be a blessing, be a blessing constantly, continually, and consistently. Constantly, continually, and consistently. I've said all of that to get to this point. There is a little card here. It says it's time to build. The chairman of the building committee told us that they have gone to look at um, a piece of land that is 60,000 square feet plot of land in Surrey where the house of God can be built. 60,000 square feet in sorry to build the house of God. Now, what we have decided to do here is that you can help by sponsoring a square foot of the land. If it's 60,000 square foot, one square foot we calculated because of the price. You know, when they call the price 1.5 million, they say, hey, 
What proverb million is a figure? It is what? A figure. Nobody is asking you as a brother to bring 1.5 million. Nobody is asking you that. So one square foot have been calculated based on the price. So you are not going to determine how many of these square foot you are going to own as a kingdom builder. Do you understand what I'm saying? If one square foot is $35, that's one square foot. So you determine, do I need 10? Do I need 15? Do I need 20? Do I need 100? My family and I, do we need 1,000? So that many years from now, whether you are here or not, for as long as that building is standing, you are part owner of that building because you bought the land on which it is built. How many of you understand what I'm saying so far? Is it very clear? This is made easy. So now everybody can take a part. $35. What makes your son can buy one square foot per, per month? Your daughter can buy one. You can buy 10 per month. You can buy 20. You can buy a thousand. And say, okay, I'm buying a thousand square foot. And if 60 people buy 1,000 square foot each, we paid for the land. If 120 people buy 500 square foot each, we pay for the land. I don't know if you understand we are broken it down. It's not as difficult as it looks. I don't think there's anybody here who cannot buy one square foot. If there's anybody here like that, I want to pray for you. <laughs> you can't afford one square foot. I even think there's nobody who cannot afford even ten. Three fifty dollars. Because there is a provision made here that you can you I dash 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 commit to purchase so so number square feet of the land. Payment will be made over the next so 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 month. It could be one month, it could be two months, it could be ten months. But do something that shows you are extravagant. How many of you say I'm going to take part? Let me see your hand. I'm going to take part. There is nobody who builds the kingdom of God who will not build a great life. Solomon's life was basically about the temple. That's all. Remove temple from Solomon. There is nothing. Remove temple from Solomon. There is nothing. Sixty thousand square foot. Each square foot is $35. You can purchase in blocks of 50, 100, or thousands. I just think about it. You see, if it were where I come from in Nigeria, where we say, okay, 1,060,000, 60 people just stand up. I can tell you. How many of you have seen that in Nigeria before? So, we are supposed to be better here. Is that also? Oh, moving from Nigeria to this place, was it backward movement or forward movement? Answer question properly. Was it backward movement or forward movement? So I need 60 people this morning. Um, everything will be done. You see, there is nothing you can do if you make up your mind to do it. The house you are buying, you know how much it is. Houses are not cheap here. At least the one that Pastor Bayo lives in, I was there. 
Those are not cheap houses. British Columbia is one of the places where houses are very expensive. So this is what we are going to do this morning. This is how to build the kingdom. This is how to build a great life. Nobody can partake in this and do your best. And it will be said of you, you didn't help to build the kingdom. Nobody will do it. In the annals of God, this is what matters. Whatever money you have accumulated for other matters, use it for this one. That money we get back. Do you know what now happened? The money I had in my pocket to go and shop with it. Something happened. Serious thing. When I got to the place where I went the next day, I had my card with me because I had used all the money. As I was about to pay, the young man with me said, no, that's me. I said, you have this money? He said, yes, sir. Bura. Uh-uh. I thought he was joking. Though. I went somewhere again. I bought something again. The young man said, no, no, no. Today is your day, sir. Again. Eventually, the money he paid was more than the money I gave. Then yesterday, for you to see God, I went somewhere again to buy something. I had to bring that car because cash was already finished. You know, Nigeria is strictly cash. So I wanted to use cash. And I said, oh, no, no, no. Ah, no. That's to let you know that God knows when you've done something you should have done. Can I hear an amen? amen. 60,000 square foot. Chairman, where's Chairman? Chairman, sir, come and stand with me. I want to see Chairman standing by me. Because 60,000 square foot is not much. And like I say, 60 people buying 1,000 square foot each. A thousand square foot is thirty-five times. A thousand that's thirty-five thousand. That's just a figure. Oh, you're laughing. Of course. Is it not a figure? What is it? Is it a god to be worshipped? No, no, it's a figure. So I've been asked that fifty, hundred, or a thousand. You see, most of the time I don't want to do I don't want to pressurize people to make commitments they will not keep. But I wanted to pray. Every head bowed. I wanted to pray. God speaks to people. I've been teaching about that. And I think I thought very intelligently about that. Even if you are not here, you know God speaks to people. He will speak to you now. Just pray. Just ask God. Say, God, what, what should be my part? Fifty? 100, 150 plus, 150 square foot, 1,000 square foot. I can hear the Holy Spirit telling me that even if you have to take an extra job just to finance this, it's okay. An extra job, an extra shift, it will be worth it. You may need to take just an extra shift just to finance this, it will be okay. This does not mean that you have to stop paying your tithe. It does not also mean that you have to stop doing your household responsibility as a husband or as a wife. It does not mean that you should not pay your car note. This is not going to take anything away from you. It's only going to increase your blessings. Thank you, Father. If husband and wife need to pray, pray. 
But with reference to this land, you are going to buy differently. Not uh, me and wife, my husband. In the Bible, when a husband and wife tried to give, they stole from God and they died in the church. Other times when people gave in the Bible, other times when people gave in the Bible, they gave individually to build the tabernacle. You not see, you not see that couples were allowed to give. Couples gave individually. The men gave, the women gave. Husband and wife did not give. They were married in those days. And even if after you make your commitment, we'll, be, we'll feed the information to a database, there is safe and secure giving for those watching online. If you're watching online, there is safe and secure giving. You can just go there, www.rccgbc.org, indicate building in the purpose column. It's for building. It will get there. God bless you as you obey him. The Lord remember you for good. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Father, we thank you. Father of light, draw me closer. 